Welcome to Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, begins Psalm 23. One of the most familiar psalms and a favorite of many. It is also one of the many references to God as the shepherd of his flock. Those references begin all the way back in the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, where Jacob blesses Joseph and says that God has been his shepherd all of his life to that day. Today, in our gospel passage, our Lord applies those many Old Testamental references to himself. As we've noted many times here at the Advent, although there are some who like to claim that Jesus never said he was God, that's simply not the case. And today's gospel is yet another example where he is definitively making the claim that he is God to any Jew who would have been hearing him speak in the first century. When Jesus says that he is the good shepherd, there is no other good shepherd than God. His words are also a clear messianic claim. When Jesus says that he has other sheep that are not of this fold and that all will hear his voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd, he's claiming to be the Messiah. Because the Jews believed then and now that the Messiah was coming not just for the Jewish people, but to unite the entire world. But what are we to take away from today's passage beyond Jesus being God and being the Messiah? As important as those things are. In fact, that really should be sufficient, right? If Jesus really is God and God's chosen one, what more do we need to know? Well, last week, and we heard it again in morning prayer, Thomas said, my Lord and my God, after being met by the risen Christ. Yet we know that Peter, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, two other disciples, and guess who? Thomas, would be out by the Sea of Galilee fishing weeks later. Had their lives really changed? Were they out there spreading the good news? Had they repented of their old ways, or had they just gone back to day-to-day life? We hear even after that episode, where they have a miraculous catch of fish, and Peter's restored, that when they're all walking up the mountain to see Jesus ascend, that Jesus is giving the disciples some serious grief because they still don't believe after everything they've seen. Recall the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, how the rich man begs Abraham to send someone back from the dead to convince his brothers to repent and turn to God, to which Abraham replies, if they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Seems Peter Thomas and the rest of the disciples had seen a dead man rise from the dead. Those along the road to Emmaus had heard Moses and the prophets from the lips of Jesus himself. And they'd also seen a man rise from the dead too. And yet, I suspect, they just went back to ordinary life too, at least for a while. My brothers and sisters, two weeks ago, we saw the dead rise. We heard the stories of Jesus' resurrection. We we relived them. We experienced them. We tasted the very body and blood of our risen Lord. 
you, me, we all believe, right? After all, why did we spend a way too late night at church celebrating those events with such solemnity, beauty, and joy instead of just curling up in our comfy beds to sleep or binge watching the latest Netflix series? Or why do we wake up this morning to show up at church? We brought new Christians that evening to life through chrismation. We all renewed our own rebirth by baptism, our new life in Christ. And now two weeks later, are you just back to work? Are you just back to your regular routine? Back to fishing like the disciples? Or did it change you? I suspect if you're anything like me that you still aren't who you wish God could turn you into. I bet a lot of ordinary seeped right back into your day-to-day -day life. Indeed, I worry a lot about that. I find it a lot easier personally to stay focused on God during the quieter, reflective, penitential seasons. Human nature seems to find it easier to remember God in the darker times, but to forget to thank Him and love Him when the good times roll. Yet I know you want, you want what you hear at church to be a part of your lives. I know you believe in it, but what's holding you back? Well, brothers and sisters, we can at least take solace in the fact that we are just like Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, and the other disciples, the very apostles themselves. We're just like the apostles who, with the help of Christ, started all of this nearly 2,000 years ago. Yet there they were a few weeks after the extraordinary events of the resurrection, just going back to their regular lives. Yet something set them free. Something set them on fire. Something ultimately transformed them. But how did those relatively uneducated, humble fishermen start a revolution that would take over the entire world? What got them to step out of the ordinary and back into the extraordinary that they had been a part of while Jesus was with them walking right next to them? Maybe if we can figure that out, we can do the same in our lives. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Or an alternative translation is, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I can lack nothing. And what can we lack when the Lord is our shepherd? As St. Paul says in his letter to the Romans, we that's, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The Lord gave us his only son for us. So what will he not give us? Mason Neal commenting on Psalm 23 says, he gives us his body, he gives us his soul, he gives us his divinity, and will he deny us bread? We should, however, read this first verse of Psalm 23 as because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's because the Lord is our shepherd that we will have everything we need. Psalm 34 verse 10 says, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. It is those with much who want more. The rich are never satisfied, so we must make ourselves poor. Our Lord says, blessed are the poor in spirit for, those, for, that, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But what does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means that you aren't letting your own strong-willed spirit get in the way of God. It means not thinking you have all this figured out. It means being willing to have the Lord be your shepherd, to put your trust in him and let him guide you. That's what Peter figured out. That's what the disciples finally figured out. They had walked with Jesus on those dusty roads, and now they realize 
that even though he wasn't exactly with them in the same way, that the extraordinary would continue if they continued to walk with him as if he were still there in the same way. And indeed, they realized he was really still there. The transformation for Peter started when Peter finally figured out that Jesus really did know more than he did. When Peter stopped trying to tell Jesus what to do, when Peter stopped asking Jesus why he was talking all this crazy talk, when Peter stopped denying him, when Peter stopped asking Jesus why Jesus was asking if Peter loved him, he finally stopped saying, yes, Lord, you know I love you, and instead looked inside and realized, you know what, maybe I don't really love Jesus the way I should. In today's epistle reading from St. Peter's first letter, we hear St. Peter himself, how he had finally figured out what true love was. True love was falling in Christ's footsteps. Were those steps up to the Mount of Transfiguration? Were those steps up to the Mount of the Ascension to be raised to the right hand of God? Yes, but first, those steps would be up the Mount of Golgotha. We can't short circuit this. We too must take those steps to Golgotha if we expect to also go to the brighter and more heavenly places. As St. Peter tells us today, for if anyone endures the pain of unjust suffering because he is conscious of God, this is to be commended. How is it to your credit if you're beaten for doing wrong and you endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. We're called to suffering in this world. We're called to our own personal Golgotha. We are called to nail our sins to a tree, to nail our all dead selves to the crosses we carry and to rise resurrected in Christ. And as St. Peter says, thereby we will have returned to the shepherd and bishop or overseer of our souls Jesus Christ, our Lord. Instead of denying Jesus, Peter started proclaiming him despite the risk, despite the fact that he would indeed be martyred for proclaiming Jesus. Are you afraid to talk about Jesus outside this building? Are you proclaiming Christ to those around you? Are you afraid even to pray aloud at a restaurant and to thank God for your food because of the dirty looks you might get? Peter stopped asking Jesus why he was talking all this crazy talk and realized by starting to walk the walk, that he couldn't help but start talking the talk, the crazy talk. Yes, there's no question that what we believe sounds like the ramblings of madmen, especially in our progressive modern society. But all I can tell you is that those people who think we're mad are wrong. As Stephen said last week, faith isn't meant to be blind. In fact, one of the greatest testaments to what we believe is that these humble apostles, who after swearing their allegiance to Jesus, whatever would come, what did they do? They ran away and denied Christ at the first whiff of trouble. They couldn't handle it. The apostles who were in the upper room, towering in fear of the Roman authorities when Jesus first appeared to them. The apostles who had just gone back to their ordinary, apparently satisfactory lives, all just ended up and decided to start talking about a dead man who rose from the dead. For what? For fame? No. For money? No. To be tortured and mocked and to be killed. Seriously. Did they do all that for some made-up story? Now who's insane? Not those who believe, 
but those who don't believe, because such things just don't happen. No, any reasonable person would say something must have happened 2,000 years ago, and my brothers and sisters, all logic points to something really extraordinary, that indeed our Lord rose from the dead to change everything, to change our ordinary lives into the extraordinary life of God. So today, will you join with the apostles? Will you really believe that Jesus has risen from the dead to save you? Well, instead of telling Jesus what to do in your prayers, will you start listening instead? Will you start letting the shepherd lead you? Or will you go off and fall in a ditch of your own making? Yes, there will be some suffering. The world ensures that, my brothers and sisters. But the road to Golgotha leads not only there to our death, to this world, but also to the top of Mount Tabor, where we too will be transformed from, from ordinary men and women into the sons and daughters of God. And it leads to the summit of Mount Olives, where we too will ascend to be with our Lord and his Father in heaven. So my brothers and sisters, if you've gone back to fishing, I'm here to tell you that the extraordinary really does await. I'm here to give you a hard time like Jesus did, asking you, asking myself, what's wrong with us? Stop telling Jesus what to do and listen to him. Stop denying him and proclaim him. Stop worrying what other people think and start living a life of radical and sacrificial love no matter what it costs. Follow your shepherd, your good shepherd. Listen to his voice this week. Listen to whatever he tells you and do that one little thing. And then keep listening and do that next little thing. Let the Lord be your shepherd and walk with him where he leads and you will want for nothing. Amen. Talks at Advent, homilies and reflections given at the Church of the Advent, a Western Rite Orthodox mission in Atlanta, Georgia.